This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We continue to talk about the anti-pipeline blockades. The good news is the blockade of the West Coast Express commuter train has come down. Uh, The train's set to roll again uh, this afternoon, but not before. We saw lots of people, thousands of them, in fact, inconvenienced yesterday. And again this morning, have a listen to this. Isabel Krupp, she was one of those sitting on the train tracks. She says they're trying to make a statement. And that means some inconvenience and that means some sacrifice for people. And uh, we think that that should motivate people uh, who might have to miss their train or miss a day at work. That should show people how important the struggle is. And that is something that we all need to be in solidarity with. Motivate them to do what? motivate them to do what to do to to support you for blocking them getting to work or picking up their kids i don't understand the strategic logic of what they're trying to do how is this supposed to get people on their side it doesn't have a listen to this too here's a this was posted on twitter a short time ago this is one of the leaders of the blockade uh, saying that they'll they're not they're not uh, standing down here um so we're not retreating we're not, we're not quitting, we're not leaving. Um, our heart is still with Wet'suwet'en and our heart is still here wanting to block every single means of transportation um, and, and try to disrupt what's going on right now because of how, how, how much we've been disrupted in the past since uh, contact. Yeah, sure, they just disrupt every single mode of transportation. It ain't over, he was right there. I suspect that we'll see more of this in the days ahead. Let's talk to Cheryl Ashley now. She is a former two-time Maple Ridge City Councilor a uh, former member of the Maple Ridge Pitt Meadows School Board. She is running for the B.C. Liberals in the upcoming election in Maple Ridge Pitt Meadows, which is a crucial seat in the legislature, in my opinion. I'm very pleased to welcome her. Hi. Hi, Mr. Smith. Thanks for having me. And I also would like to mention I'm very happy that the commuters won't be disrupted on their way home. Mind you, thousands have already probably had to make alternative arrangements. So, it's little comfort to those that have already been inconvenienced, but I understand the protesters on their own accord left. This was not due to government action or CP rail action, so it's not to say they're not going to return, but for now yeah. it's hopeful that people will be able to get home and enjoy their long weekend. What's your opinion of how Premier John Horgan and his government have handled this? Well, you know, it is very critical because although we agree with civil protest and all of that and we hear what he's saying, we're in support of we have to respect it and we do also agree that politicians should never be telling police how to do their jobs but police are able to do their jobs when they're actually giving the appropriate tools and injunctions are that tool it was interesting to see that Daryl Pleckless leaned into his BC Liberal roots and immediately enacted an injunction to protect the legislature which then protected the politicians to go to work and it would be nice if John Horgan worked with all of his colleagues around across the floor and his own party and figure out how can that be done for the rest of British Columbians? How can they be assured that they too can go to work? I haven't heard much around other than, you know, hope from our own MLA Minister Bear saying that she hopes CP Rail has the ability to deal with it. Well, hope is something you bring to the equation after you've tried everything else. So we are really asking for that to happen. What is it that the BC or the NDP is going to do for British Columbians. Okay, well, if Horgan was here, I'm sure he would say right now that he's he's already denounced protests that breach other people's rights. 
And well, that's an obvious announcement that everybody should make. Right. And he's, he also agreed to a meeting uh, with some of the First Nations leaders there in order to end a CN rail blockade in northern B.C. that had been shutting down Prince Rupert and Kitimat, and that blockade has come down. So do you acknowledge that he, there's been some progress there in, the, in his leadership, or do you, what, what do you think he should do precisely? Well, I always give credit where credit's due and whatever effort he's making, we have to acknowledge that. But he's not doing enough because people are still being inconvenienced. There is still a threat. Out here in Maple Ridge and Pitt Meadows, we are already underserved in the transportation area. For people to have to face a possibility of Tuesday morning after a long weekend not being able to go to work in a province where every single person requires every hour of wage that they earn to make sure that they can make ends meet, 500 people stopping the economy essentially from performing to its maximum is not acceptable. And so I would expect the leader to be out front and center and having that concern, sharing what they're going to do. Share. Have you phoned the Prime Minister of Canada to say, what is it across the country that we can do he, he to talked make to the, sure that He talked to Trudeau message? yesterday. He talked to Trudeau yesterday on the phone. Yeah, it'd be nice to know what is he saying? What's the plan from that? Did they just chat or then hold, oh, put our hands up in the air and wonder what's going to happen next? What is the plan? What are they going to do? What have you heard from your constituents there in, in Maple Ridge and how they were impacted by this mayhem we saw on the on the West Coast Express yesterday and this morning? What are, they, what are they telling you? What kind of stories are you hearing? Well, I'm actually, you know, living the results of it. Last night I tried to go to a meeting. We had a board meeting on one of the organizations I'm part of, and we had to hold off on the meeting because people were scrambling to go and try to find alternative childcare arrangements because their partner could not get back from Vancouver. They were taking cabs. These are people who are literally, they're not making a lot of money. They're working in the nonprofit sector, and they're try- having to take cabs to get to their child care to pick up their kids. This is just unconscionable that people are being put through this type of activity on the face of 500 people collectively coming together and deciding where they're going to disrupt our city, where they're going to disrupt our community. The government needs to be looking at it, forward-thinking, what are the, like they're sharing the strategies online, they're openly sharing what they're using, they're leaning into David Eby's um, Olympic, um, what is it, legal observer. E.B. wrote a, a, back when he was with the uh, Civil Liberties Association, he wrote a handbook for anti-Olympic protesters. It it appears some of these protesters are now taking a look at that book. Yeah, that's his legacy. Here, (laughs) 10 years later, in the week that we're celebrating the legacies of the Olympics, David E.B. is having to face his own legacy. And it would be nice if he understood that those types of strategies and his and his handbook was written from the point of, you know, trying to have some oversight if there were any issues of protesters, civil protesters being treated unfairly by, you know, um, law, law enforcement. And that's applaudable. But at the end of the day, this is not you, how they're using it. They're using it yeah. actually to intimidate people and intimidate law enforcement. One of the things you mentioned, the injunction that the Speaker of the House, Daryl Plekos, was able to obtain, he had a lot of direct evidence that he could present in front of a judge. As I understand it, there was surveillance footage around the legislature on Tuesday with the, with the blockade going on, um, showed people making maps of doorways of the legislature and that kind of thing. So they had a lot of direct evidence that they could put in front of a judge to, to sort of illustrate this threat. What would you expect the government to do here? You say get an injunction, but 
what an injunction for where and what would be the evidence you'd put in front of a judge here to get an injunction? Well, I think there is a lot of, um, I would say, investigation. There's a lot of energy being put in by the police authorities, by them looking at what are the activities, where are these people, what are they talking about online, where are they hinting they're going to go, collectively working with the police and looking at a plan of how this group is looking to impact the next location, like just the thought process, they're not allowed to go to the legislature. Was there any forethought into, well, now they might target government buildings? Those types of preemptive conversations with law enforcement. How can we help you with that? How can we send a clear, strong message that you're not just going to move from place to place, community community disrupting? Thanks for coming on. You bet. Thanks for having me. I I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That is Cheryl Ashley, uh, she is a former city councilor in Maple Ridge running for the B.C. Liberal Party in the next election in that Maple Ridge Pitt Meadows riding. I'll tell you what, that is one of those crucial swing seats, very closely contested, and the whole election uh, can be won or lost in a riding like that. So she is someone to keep an eye on here as we get closer to another election.